Hi, this is Tim Venable of Cornette Global. Joining me for this edition of What's Next are Larry Lander and Stuart Harris of PDR. They're here to talk with us about trends in healthy building design. Thanks for being here, gentlemen. And if you would, please uh, introduce yourselves. I'll, I'll start out. Thanks, Tim. It's great to be here. Uh, my name is Larry Lander. I'm a principal at PDR. I'm director of programming and planning. So my role starts with a company or a client's first exploration of a project. Uh, why are they doing it? What are their objectives? How will they measure success? Uh, and ultimately, how big and how many spaces will there be and how will they be arranged? And the, the interesting topics today, the pandemic has amplified a host of topics that we had honestly studied carefully before February, but suddenly they're more important than ever. What What's work? What's a workplace? How does an organization hope to accomplish their goal? Okay, fantastic. Thanks. So um, I'll go next. I'm Stuart Harris. I, uh, too, am a principal at PDR. I'm director of architecture and sustainability. Um, and I help my clients achieve tangible and intangible returns from human health, well-being, and productivity to facility efficiency, um, agility, and maintenance. So I have... 30 years experience designing workplaces, 27 of them, 27 of them here at PDR, where I've worked uh, with Fortune 500 companies uh, such as HP, Chenier Energy, Accenture, United Rentals, just to name a few. Okay, great. So, gentlemen, here's my first question. When we talk about trends in healthy building design, what does that really mean? And how does it impact owners, tenants, and their employees. Larry, you want to? What are you? Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna go, go ahead and take that one. I'll start. That sounds great. Like, I mean, I really like that question um, uh, because uh, healthy building design um, can mean a lot of things to to different people and organizations. But um, I think there certainly is a trend towards. Uh, healthier work environments and it, it and it's been kind of doing that for the last couple decades and it really stems from technology right like the idea that we can work anywhere anytime um and it it blurs the line between work and life so this elevated awareness of the importance of an employee's health um uh, is important because health impacts performance, right? So uh, the fact is, is that our work-life balance has become more blended to the point where companies realize that they should be thinking about their employees more holistically uh, in order to be competitive. We should we should consider health in terms of both physical and mental well-being, right? The the idea that five o'clock rolls around. We all go home to focus on our families. That's gone. Um, Work-life balance, uh, even more so in, in the past decade, has led to this point like we're in this COVID quarantine, which in my mind is, say, the ultimate <laughs> blending of work-life, right? We're all home with our families and our pets, or as I like to call them, our, our new coworkers. Uh, <laughs> 
uh, everyone is doing their thing together and at the same time, at all times. And we switch between working and shepherding kids to online learning and school, music lessons, back to Zoom meetings. Um, you know, uh, people are sharing ergonomic desks uh, or their home office and they're managing through the noise and distraction and so on. So it's kind of nonstop. So we're, you know, the companies are realizing that this work-life balance is happening, and it's and it's good for companies, right? So people, you know, uh, realize that they're getting more value out of their employees, and so they've started to care and invest more in the health uh, because because it's mutually beneficial, right? I think companies realize that if employees are not managing their lives well, they're probably not doing their best work. But, exactly. Yeah. So I think that this is this is where the the trend is coming from. Okay, you know I might I, I might amplify a couple of things Stuart said there. The uh, you know one of the things that we look at in any design of a workplace is what we call sort of an inside out approach, meaning it it starts at a desk and works its way all the way out to the outside of the building, and. The, uh, the most effective designs, we'll say, for a workplace, and we've known this, we knew this back in February, but it's been amplified even more now, is this idea that a workplace needs to be human-centric. And now, every step of that way, from the time you leave your home to the time you get to your desk, all those steps along there need to be focused on what I would call human-centric design. And, and that's what we call designing from the inside out. So the, the, and the, the health, the safety, the cleanliness, all these words have been elevated in a way that we, we didn't really perhaps think about them as we do now. Uh, and, and overlaid on this whole setup is this idea that people now are empowered and they have choice. So they don't have to go to the office. So the office, the traditional office, whatever that is, needs to be even more compelling than it, than it did before. Because I, I, the relative safety of my home might be something that I don't want to leave. So as we work with landlords, as building developers, uh, and, and companies and tenants, you have to think about that at every step of the way. How do I make this such a compelling place to be that it will draw people back? Exactly. Just following up on that last point there, Larry, in terms of, you know, creating healthy building from the inside out and being human centric. Tell us about features and, you know, design features that matter the most in that regard and that might provide the greatest ROI, both to the building owner as well as the people who occupy that building. Well, it's interesting uh, that you asked that question because, uh, again, I'll go back to February, and I, I have kind of February and before and March and after, where the world is divided into kind of two big, broad swaths. But we have a number of clients that we've been working with for years uh, that in helping redevelop uh, existing buildings and office complexes. And that 
I think is going to continue on and perhaps be even accelerated because building landlords and owners, again, part of this notion of having a compelling workplace, they're going to want to obviously put their very best foot forward. And so uh, the, the whole notion of clean, sanitized, uh, that, that, and, and th- these are things when you start to think about them, you're like, why was that not something that we put a priority on back in February? But it, obviously it's even been more amplified now. But so the whole experience starting at the front door, a touchless experience, uh, well, there's been lots of talk about that. Doors open automatically. I don't need to touch anything. That, that goes all the way into the lobby and into the building itself. The elevators, how vertical transportation, obviously elevators are one of the most problematic areas for building owners. Uh, they're not really designed for social distancing. That's a new right. idea. And, and I can imagine going forward with new building designs, we may rethink that. Because, so one of the things we wrestle with are what are the things that are going to stay with us and what are the things that uh, are temporary. But I, I think that the notion of clean and sanitized, I think some portion of social distancing will remain with us. I, I hope to shake hands again with people. And exactly. Go to restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the same time, I think we're going to pick up some new habits that are that are not bad habits to have, like washing your hands more often is probably a good idea. Uh, rethinking how toilet rooms are designed going forward, I think, is not really a bad idea. Uh, fresh air and and better filters and, and the, the engineering aspects of the building that uh, a lot of clients didn't, that was really lost deep in a lease document someplace. And now suddenly uh, almost everybody can tell you about uh, ionization or UV lighting or things that you might not have known quite as much about a couple months ago. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great perspectives there. Stuart, anything further on, on that? Uh, well, you know, I think uh, Larry touched on it pretty well. I, I do think, um, you know, now, you know, cleaning policies, protocols, ro- robust maintenance programs are they're now table stakes. And, um, you know, if you're not doing it, you're you're not getting the confidence of your tenants and your employees. So I, I think that becomes now, you know, just entry level. Um, I think you know it's harder to modify existing buildings. You know, uh, but if the opportunity presents, we you know the idea of trying to get more natural light or uh, ways that you distribute air that is uh, healthier, like underfloor or something like that, um, natural ventilation. Um, uh, I think acoustics are, are becoming more and more important. And if you can demonstrate um, uh, awareness of acoustics to make that space better. I, I think employees, I think there's an idea of, uh, of a frictionless design in terms of lobbies and how people move through the space. But from a tenant's perspective and employee's perspective, I think that the idea of frictionless talks about uh, how do we remove stressors from the environment? Uh, at PDR, we talk about active and passive design. So, um, uh, you know, passive design, those things that we can uh, remove that, that stress so people can focus on the work at hand, what their highest value, what, what they're paid to do. 
Um, that, that's that's part of creating this frictionless environment. So if we can remove glare or noise or temperature, you know, whatever might make people worry about it, uh, you know, what what happens when someone's distracted? Well, they get back when we're in the office, they get up and they go talk to their neighbor, and then they've distracted that neighbor from doing what what their work is all about. So, uh, you know, whether that's acoustics or temperature. Um, uh, light, uh, even new trends like biophilia, you know, and, and views. Um, there's a renewed importance on ergonomics. Like we're seeing now, almost every project these days include uh, sit-stand desks, active design, where we're encouraging people to move. Um, sure. And then, yeah, and then and then what we want to do is is educate our employees right so that they they can choose because because the, the other side to this is is that people need to opt in to healthier lifestyles right um so as you educate people in that they they learn so so for example there's been studies of uh, just going to a to to providing food so a company provides food for their employees if if you have a buffet of, of options people tend to pick the you know the sweeter maybe not healthier choices but as soon as you put out there a little bit of information about the the, the nutrition people start to make better informed choices so that's what this really is it's about helping people make better choices um and uh okay. and it, yeah fantastic okay yeah. I, I was going to add on on the on the food thing brought an idea to mind. One of the things we look at, of course, is what's a, what is a building lobby, and if you go back to this idea that the workplace and the whole experience ought to be uh, revolve around people, be human centric. The lobby, the sequence of walking through the lobby to get to a stair or a freight elevator, elevator, passenger elevator, uh, that, that ought to be human centric. And so I think lobbies that that uh, create a urban vibe, if you will, uh, are, are good. That there's activity there, it feels good. Uh, I think we'll continue to see opportunities for people to work in building lobbies. I think there'll be food and drink in building lobbies because a landlord can easily convey that that is clean and sanitized. There'll be people that you can see are going around and cleaning things. Uh, and so you'll know that it's a safe environment and you may be able to segregate visitors, uh, even clients and, and some of your own uh, employees uh, down in the lobby. Work may happen down there, not always up in the tenant space. Uh, already tenants are thinking about, well, do I need to provide coffee? Could I get better coffee? And by coffee, that's a big broad topic of food and drink. But could I get that better uh, in a something down in the lobby and not have to worry about it up in my own space, how I keep it clean? Who's monitoring that? Why don't the dishes get in the dishwasher? All of that. Sure. Okay. Now, against the backdrop of these new directions, new trends, new priorities, are there any designs and materials that are more or less on their way out, given given this new normal that we're entering into? Any any thoughts there? Well, I, I would say. Uh, 
obviously the ability to clean things is going to be very important. Uh, and that, that being said, I, to me, I think it's more about the process of cleaning than it is about materials themselves, very specific materials. I, I think the other areas that will uh, become pretty important are, are things like how, how do I get natural light? How can I get outdoor awareness? Uh, and as I said before, the, the engineering aspects of things, uh, better filters, we're gonna, we're gonna look to our healthcare colleagues to how do things happen in a healthcare environment and can that be applied in an office building? Uh, I think what, what you want, both from a materiality perspective and a protocol perspective, again, I, I always go back to, does this feel good as a person to walk through the space? Because now I'm empowered to choose to go there or not. And if it's a process uh, that's scary, uh, there's signs everywhere, do this, don't do that, uh, be very afraid. If, if that's the vibe that you get, most people, given a choice, are only going to do that once. And their next workplace will be at home or some third place. Sure, okay. I think, you know, from... From, from trends, I, you know, I think fitness centers are, uh, you know, most buildings have, uh, certain class A buildings have provided some level of fitness center. I think they're costly to operate. And I think now in a COVID world, the, the cleaning and, and the um, ventilation, you know, it's a top concern. Uh, I, think, I think fitness centers also, again, it's, it's about people opting in and using it. I think the, the amount of benefit is going to diminish um, you know, I think there's going to be more, you know, different things. I think that they're going to be amplified um, in in promoting healthy environments. I, you know, I think in in my experience, the uh, natural light into this space um, seems to be the the single biggest impact on the way that employees and tenants perceive the, the workspace. I've done. Um, a number of projects where in a, in a in a square tower we 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 relocate or redo the space and, and employees will come back and ask is the space larger you know, and obviously we didn't push the building and make the building bigger it's, it's right. the, the, the light and and the space is configured where we're no longer just lining up offices around the off around the the perimeter windows and, and blocking it and then suddenly this environment feels so much better and 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 it and it it's ephemeral that people don't understand why but it it makes such a big difference um so you know that would be top of my hip parade in in terms of, of design anytime that we can do and and i would say you know more along the lines of the frictionless design if you can do automated shades where you're taking the need to raise and lower the blinds out of the equation that's great like it, it, the, the, it's cloudy you can open the shades if you have many blinds people aren't going to know that and they're just going to continue to work in a dark dim office but it, if you have automated shades that are now the technology enables us to leverage that, it is a huge, it's, it's not inexpensive, but it's a huge value to companies and work environments. Okay. 
Now, you might have covered this already, but what about from uh, your client's experience? What are some of your clients currently doing to reconfigure their existing spaces to comply with some of these new healthy building standards and expectations moving forward? Um, Stuart, you've so, got a couple couple big ones who are who are making some changes. <laughs> yeah, so so I, I think it, we we kind of touched on it. I guess like I, the, the the natural light and and the views. Um, you know, that's really uh, at the top. I'm, I, you know, I think it's these days it's no longer um, just prescriptive, healthy standards that we're trying to follow. I, I, you know, I think when we, when client, when our our best work comes from when we've got a client that aligns their workplace and healthy program with their culture and their values, right? So it's all the way from the leadership down. And when uh, when these things happen, it feels genuine. People feel comfortable using that space, and 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 they're doing it. Um, and it seems like these days, sit-stand desks uh, throughout have become standard. I think almost every project I've done in the last uh, few years have been, become sit-stand. Uh, these height adjustable options. Um, we're doing more acoustic analysis uh, on space. So, and, and for example, there there are there are different requirements on the different type of work that we're doing. So, if you're in a conference room and you've got a noisy air conditioning unit and you're having to talk over that. At the end of the meeting, I find myself exhausted because I'm struggling to listen and I'm struggling to communicate, and it it makes what we're trying to achieve that much harder. Right. And if we can eliminate that, those experiences make again frictionless. That that you know we can focus on the, the work at hand. The, the other thing we've got are, for example. Um, CO2 sensors, measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in the air. And there have been studies that show with elevated amounts of CO2 in the air, we, we, we lose some of our cognitive. Abilities. We get sleepy. We, you know, we're not performing to our best. I, I like to equate that to, for example, like back when we used to travel on airplanes a lot. And you get in the plane and, you, and you're waiting for everybody to board. And by the time, you know, you're ready to push back, I'm, I'm sleepy. I'm, 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 I'm almost falling. I'm almost taking a nap. And then as soon as the plane gets up in the air and the air conditioning and ventilation system of the plane is working and I perk up and I'm like, oh, I'm really not tired. And, I, and it right. really comes from that building up of the CO2 of 300 people on a plane and, and not the right ventilation. Um, so it's the same thing in conference rooms or in dense spaces where you've got a lot of people and that CO2 is there. And it's a very simple sensor, just a little valve that pushes a little bit more of the makeup air into those rooms. And it keeps the meeting fresh and people alert. And um, so th those, those and, and these are things that people don't, aren't even necessarily aware that are happening. And so I, I really encourage companies and building owners to talk about these features and encourage people to use them and be aware and really get the value and the benefit because uh, we, we, we've done projects 
I remember uh, walking through one project with a client and, and their employees were moving in and one of the women who had gotten this height adjustable desk and it was a beautiful space and she was in tears of joy of, I, you know, I can't believe that you've invested this much in me and my work. And, uh, and, and, and those kinds of experiences are invaluable. That's, you know, for a company, that's where your dividend comes in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And now for my last question, let's say you're a building owner and that building owner has a limited budget for future proofing their building. What would you say are the top two or three design features you would recommend as priorities? You've mentioned several here in this podcast, but just zero in on the top two or three that you think are most important. I, I would uh, I would go back to the idea again. I use in all the design decisions that we make. I use this notion of uh, the human experience, a human centric approach to it. So I put everything, all the decisions we make in that filter. And so to me, uh, the while cleaning protocols and sanitizing uh, and all of that is super critical. It has to be done in such a way that gives the individual employee confidence. And I know it's been, I know it's been done and I've got confidence that it's been done well and I see it done continually. And so I think those are important. You know, cleaning won't be something that happens after in the middle of the night when nobody's around. It'll happen all the time and you'll see it. And so I think development of uh, apps, I can look on my phone. I can know when I sit in this chair or at this desk or in this lobby that, that it's been cleaned and sanitized. Um, I, I know that toilet rooms are done in the same way. To me, I think those are things that will seem obvious. And as Stuart mentioned er earlier, we, we call that almost the table stakes part of it. Uh, I do think the touchless, the move to touchless things will be dramatic. And in February, we thought, well, that's kind of nice to have or it's costly. I would never do that. But thinking again through all the way from the front door, uh, through the building, through whatever the vertical transportation system is, uh, up into the tenant space, and, and the toilet rooms are certainly a big part of that equation. Uh, I think that will just be the mark of a modern building versus a pre-pandemic building. And then Stuart's mentioned a couple times, I think to take advantage of natural light, you know, we talk about an, one, of the, one of the aspects of a successful workplace is the ability to have what I call a walk in the park. And that doesn't mean, it, it could literally be, I can go outside and walk in a park. But what it really means is we, we connect employees with nature. So even at the building level, to be able to take advantage of outdoor space, uh, to create spaces, it, it may not be completely weatherproof, but even on pretty warm days or pretty cold days, I could have some localized heat or localized uh, air 
and and people could go outside and and be productive and do work uh, and be shaded if they need to be shaded. I, I think you'll see a lot of these things. Thinking about the building and the outdoors as an extension of the indoors. But uh, to me, those are the things I think that that uh, building owners and developers probably ought to look at. Uh, and I, I realize not all buildings have the ability to do all those things, but I think we're definitely on that path. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I second everything Larry just said. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> there's a range. I, I'd, I'd add to, 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 you know, the stairs, making stairs more enticing to use that people are getting, you know, fit by going up, but it's also avoiding those elevators as well. Um, you know, I, I think newer buildings will keep innovating and raising the bar on these things. And I think the older buildings, the owners are going to need to reinvest in them to bring them up in order to just kind of keep pace with the newer neighbors. I think that's going to be really important because I think today there, there's never been a time where health in the workplace has been more under the microscope, so to speak. Right. Okay. Well, this has been great, gentlemen. Thank you so much for sharing these insights with Cornet Global. We appreciate your uh, talking with us today. It's our pleasure. Thanks, Tim. Enjoyed it. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.